Coming up, are events diverse enough, the end of manals, and the process of ensuring your event has a range of voices as I interview Amy Keane. This is Marketed Not Live, the show that dives deeper into the ideas, philosophies and strategies of the best marketing minds. Here's your host, Biz Paul. Welcome back to Marketed Not Live, the official podcast of the Marketed family of events that includes our live event in September 2021. And before that, Marketed Light, a week's worth of marketing education coming to you from wherever you are. I'm your host, Biz Paul, and together we're going to navigate the ever-changing world of marketing. When you're listening to this episode, you might think, I know, I'll go and buy my ticket to Marketed Live right now. Well, I want that process to be as simple as possible. And thanks to Captivate, our podcast host and partner, you can do just that by clicking the call to action within the player. Dead simple. Uh, There are loads of features that make Captivate the best damn podcast host around. I'd love you to go and have a look at Captivate.fm and talk to the people that are involved while you're there on the chat. When we set out to create Marketed Live, it was really clear to me that we had an opportunity to bring people in a room together and share knowledge and share experiences. And I'll be honest, my first thought was not how do we make sure that we've got accurate representation from absolutely everybody. Not because I didn't think it was a thing, because I didn't have that structure that perhaps we now have. But I was always keen to make sure that the people that we get on stage are a reflection of the audiences that we have and the audiences that we represent. Because actually, I don't know everything. I can't see things outside of my perspective sometimes. And so we need to encourage people to come forward and be on that stage. Now, I'll be honest, I've had a little bit of uh, negative feedback on some of the initiatives that we've done around diversity. I'm not quite sure why. It feels a little bit odd, if I'm being honest, um, that 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 happened. However, it hasn't made me waver on what it is that we're about and and what we want to do. I don't want to make it our sole mission. That's not what Marketed Live is about. But I do genuinely believe that it is important to have representation. The obvious thing to go for, I guess, is on uh, things that are visible. So race and ethnicity, uh, gender, things like that. But there are plenty of invisible elements of diversity that we need to consider. Sexuality, um, neurodiversity, confidence, uh, and and as we talk with Amy, um, social mobility and whether or not someone has the same experience. So the process of getting marketed light dice recommended and the process that we will go through of getting marketed live dice certified and hopefully recommended has been really interesting because it has allowed us to think about who we put on stage, what we know about our speakers, and uh, what those speakers should should talk about. 
you know, it's really easy to get on the back of manuals and to say, you know, all male panels are bad and shouldn't be allowed to, to exist because that's, that's very visible. But actually, there are many areas of organizing an event that an event organizer needs to think about in terms of curating the content for that event. I genuinely don't believe that an event organizer should just take on everybody that, that wants to speak or the ones that they can afford. I think it's up to us as event organizers to do the work, to get the voices, to get the right people and to make more of an effort. Now, as one of the things that Amy touches on is is maybe some of the larger events and and what they do. And, and maybe actually it's easier for smaller events to, to do it than the larger events. I don't know because Marketed Live isn't that, that big, but I do know that it's important. So we decided to go for the DICE certification, we learned a lot from it. Um, and I think it really puts us in a good place actually with the event to, to make sure that Marketed Live is one of the leading events um, that has that that inclusivity for for everybody. I would love to know what you think um, about whether or not we're achieving that or or not. But have a listen now to Amy Keane from Dice on what the certification is, what the charter is, and the process and some thoughts around getting that out there. Amy Keane is brand and innovation partner at The Change Consultancy and us, working with local and international brands to overhaul their consumer products, strategies and culture. She's worked in strategy and innovation for 15 years and was previously global head of strategic innovation and creativity at Starcom, responsible for driving positive change across every client's business. Now on the side, and this is some on the side, I've got to say, Amy is a university lecturer, columnist and co-founder of DICE, a self-regulatory framework that promotes diversity and inclusion at conferences and events across every industry. She's also author of the number one best-selling feminist fairy tale, The Little Girl Who Gave Zero Fucks, and her second book, House of Weeds, is out now with Fly in the Wall Press, and I'm pretty sure she's going to send me a copy after this. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. It's lovely to be here. You're very, very welcome. Um, I'm really glad that we've got you on, actually, because uh, I suppose uh, you and I first started talking a number of months ago, and I reached out to you because I saw a tweet where you were slagging off manuals. And yes. I I hate a manual. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was it was a, 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 an appropriate um, uh, moment to sort of come across. And we had a, we had a chat, and obviously we got to learn a bit about a bit about dice, which was kind of what I want to talk to you about uh, today. But um, for those people who don't know what a manual is, how would you describe it? So I should point out actually, because some people get there's a there's a there's a significant amount of defensiveness within this space. So I feel like I always need to caveat my views up front. Um, I hate manuals. I don't hate men. Okay. Good to clarify. <laughs> Just for, you know, the avoidance of doubt. Um, so a manual, the manual is a, is a phrase or a word or a concept has been around for quite some time. Um, it refers to an all-male white panel um at a conference or an event um and obviously over the years there's been a number of them but it's only over the last few years that that people have actually woken up to the fact that this is actually a really um 
poor thing for a conference to have because if you have you know panels are normally supposed to be the area of thought leadership and debate aren't they you have like a really hot topic and and you get four experts to thrash it out and and if any conference only celebrates the views of white men um the events organizers got it wrong um that's why i don't like manuals and i don't like manuals for exactly the the same reason so um i got to to know sort of what you were doing with with dice and uh straight away i thought okay these are people these are my people these are people that i need to know and i need to understand a bit more about this because at marketed live we've always since day one said to ourselves this is about a wide range of people that represent a wide range of people and so we must make sure that that group of people as in the diverse range of diverse voices that there are need need to be represented and it turned out unbeknownst to me that that's not necessarily a thing uh so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um so so yeah so we can talk about that a little bit but so give me give me a a quick summary of what dice is and, and maybe can you talk about how how that came about so we were inspired by the pharmaceutical industry um which is not a sentence i ever thought i'd say uh but i have a friend um one of the co-founders of dice a guy called faisal he has a friend who works in the pharmaceutical industry and and he went to a lot of conferences and at conferences they talk about drugs trials they talk about innovation and he noticed that there was one glaring omission every time he went to a conference within pharma which was there was a there was a massive demographic that was never included which was patients um so what he realized was that you know, how can you talk about progress? How can you talk about innovation if you're not even including the people that these trials are for, that these drugs are for? Right. So he created a charter called Patients Included, which was a really simple set of guidelines um, that helped events organisers include patients in their in their conferences and it was even stuff as basic as you know they might not be able to afford to attend attend so pay for their cab fare you know mm. make sure you always include for every drug that you talk about make sure you include someone that's suffering from the disease um and it just kind of sat on a website um but the drastic impact that this charter made within a year about 90% of conferences within the pharmaceutical space were including patients in their lineup oh. and in their curation. Mm-hmm. So um, I got really bored personally of calling out manuals on Twitter. Personally, I have a lot more interesting stuff to talk about. You know, I don't always want to talk about diversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a creative, I'm a strategist, I'm an author. Um, so some friends and I, uh, two journalists, another guy who works in strategy, another guy who works in innovation, decided to do something once and for all so that everyone could kind of shut up and (laughs) shut up about it. So we took the lead of this guy who created Patients Included and created our own charter. Now, the thing about diversity is that people say it's subjective. And I kind of beg to differ because in my mind, there's a right and a wrong. You're either diverse or you're not. You're either inclusive or you're not. I don't think there's blurry lines. but what we decided to do is to create a 10-point charter that's based on UK quality law, uh, which features nine protected characteristics, the ways in which you 
legally should not discriminate against anyone and that includes gender that includes race that includes sexuality disability um doesn't include class but uh we base this charter on the 2010 equality act um and national statistics and data essentially so that no one could argue <laughs> and so now this charter it is a living and breathing thing, sets out 10 ways in which events organisers can make their conferences inclusive. So, for example, you only have a maximum of 50% men, you only have a maximum of 70% white people. Um, and for every one of those points that you fulfil, you get a percentage, you mm -hmm. get 10%. Um, and so at the end of it, you can get a, a possible 100% die certification. Okay, so there's not yeah. necessarily a weighting about any of those criteria. So it's not like saying, actually, diversity in terms of getting representation of race or ethnicity is more important than um, sexuality. You're just taking the you know, bottom line, these are the points in the equality legislation. Every one of these is yeah. equal. You score depending on whether you've met each of those. Absolutely. Although one of the things that we had to be careful with, so after we created the charter, uh, because diversity is a sensitive topic, as it as it absolutely should be, you know, it's very personal to, to many people. We went through quite an extensive period of consultancy. So we engaged diversity groups across all of those protected characteristics to see what they thought of the wording, to see if it should be weighted. And everyone was kind of unanimous that it shouldn't. Right. Um, and to see if we hadn't included any really important points. Um, and the only thing that came up is that, you know, obviously some of these areas of diversity are invisible. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you talk about disability, when you talk about neurodiversity, some things, you know, may not be immediately apparent and events organisers may not feel comfortable, you know, also asking someone their sexuality if the thing that the person isn't talking about is sexuality. Um, so we had to be quite sensitive. So what yeah. we've done with some of those invisible characteristics um, is say that it's recommended and you need to show that you've tried right, okay. to invite, include. Um, age is also a protected characteristic and you may not want to ask people their age, but you can kind of gauge it from looking at their LinkedIn profile. Um, what we've done actually on the website, so it's getdice.co.uk, we've provided the charter, which is very simple in 10 points, but there's an additional document that gives all our workings out. Mm -hmm. Um, the rationale for every single point, all of these elements that I'm talking about, you know, in terms of in invisible characteristics. Um, also, there's a there's a point on the charter about panels, which I would yeah. love to get your views on, actually, sure. Paul. Um, so what we stated is that um, where there's a panel, it should be no more than 50% men, but that doesn't include the chair. Right. Mm -hmm. Because what we've seen a lot, of in the past is that there'll be an all-male panel <laughs> and then a woman will be uh, wheeled in last minute to ask the questions and okay. nod, which yeah. doesn't feel particularly equal. Because no. um, the chair often doesn't have a voice or an opinion, they're there to facilitate. Absolutely, absolutely. They're not considered the expert, are they? So. Well, I'm not whenever I chair oh. something. <laughs> that's that's oh. what. No, I think that no, I think that is interesting. I mean, the thing with with panels is, I suppose the the challenge is, 
if you've got a panel and you're trying to make it diverse and you've got you know 10 points to you know do, does that mean that you've got to have 10 people or how how do you how do you um how do you square that circle really if you can't get everybody um you can't meet all of that but i think from what you're saying and, and this was certainly my experience of going through the process for marketed light when we got the recommended by the way um <laughs> on, on on that is where we weren't able to say you know we we just said well we just don't know but mm. on principle we would like to but we just we just don't know i think it was in fact i think it was the neurodiversity one which which we struggled with i think we could answer everything else and it was a case of going actually we hadn't we haven't asked um mm. so we so we don't know um so it's kind of like well we'll have to accept whatever you think as a result of the answers that that we give but even going through the process i think what that did for us was go okay well how how can we find that information out so actually now what we're doing going forward when we're um when we're selecting our speakers it's, it's not necessarily saying well you know are you gay but <laughs> you know i mean because like you say that might not be what they're talking about some people may not feel mm. comfortable uh, talking about it anyway mm. um but it's a case of saying uh, so what we've decided to do is when they fill out the speaker application form if we say look are there any other areas that you are happy to identify with for our knowledge and and you know this is not for necessarily for public consumption because if someone i don't know so for example if someone was um if somebody had asperger's uh for mm. example uh then they might be happy to say well yeah okay just so you know it's not what i talk about it doesn't affect what i talk about but i'm just letting you letting you know i mean that's that's how we've sort of thought about it is that i love that because the thing is i remember when i spoke to you last year i think it yeah. was last year as soon as we launched dice i mean you guys were already i've spoken to a lot of events organizers in the work you know globally over the last kind of six or eight months and you guys were just immediately struck me as heads and shoulders head and shoulders above everybody else because that even don't don't you have although we can edit this out if i'm wrong don't you have spaces for like calmer spaces for introverts and like don't you actually like in the um booking form for people you ask them what kind of conditions they want to sit in or was that just something that you considered so uh because of so for the live event because of our mm. venue that's that's not necessarily something that we've put on there but oh. i think what well, that's okay it's okay i don't <laughs> mind saying it. it's fine we're totally open with 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 anyone who listens to, to this but uh what we did talk about actually was things like um provision for accessibility and signing so yes. our our venue is fully accessible but when we were talking we were talking about okay well uh, how do you deal with people who've got hearing impairments or or need signing and uh we i think we got around that by saying not got around it that's the wrong way to to look at it i don't, I don't mm. i'm not trying to get around anything but um what we've done is on our ticket form is we've said what other requirements do you have for example do you have a hearing impairment do you need signing um so that if someone had that requirement 
we would go and and source that i i really mm. would like to to be able to to do that in fact one of the things that we're doing and this and again one of the reasons i think that that dice is a useful process to go through is even if you were an event and you didn't get the badge so to speak mm. the process makes you think about it so yeah. we've <clears throat> one of the things that we've now uh, decided to do for our um for our online training week that we're doing instead of the event this year is we're making sure that we go and get all videos captioned yeah so you know we've asked the speakers if they can do that then go ahead and do it but you know if if the speakers can't do it we we will go and do it because we want to say actually if you Mm. have a visual impairment and you need captions then this is an event that you will get it and therefore this event is accessible to you I love that so much and the thing is like I really love it when people say that they've quite enjoyed the process or they found the process quite enlightening because what we're so keen to emphasize at DICE is that we're not the diversity police we don't get you know we don't give people shit well we occasionally yeah. do if <laughs> you know but you know we're not we're not claiming to you know be this kind of authority or regulatory body all we're requesting is that events organizers consider the experiences of everyone apart from themselves that's really what it's about and so within the 10 points um uh there's actually a, a few areas so accessibility is one area even stuff like hate speech so hate speech is one of the 10 points which most events organizers pass um but you know there's so many um I don't know whether you remember, but was it last year? Um, Campaign Magazine had uh, um, on their front page a a picture of Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage smoking a cigar and the headline said, advertising, I might try it myself one day. Hmm. Um, And this is a man who is a a renowned racist. Um, He's upset a lot of people. Um, it was for their love or hate issue. So their their point at the time was, you know, uh, amazing communicators polarise. But that act did not consider the experiences of everyone. Um, it was it was a shock tactic. It was it yeah. was hugely insensitive. And this is in the marketing industry last year, and. So, I mean, that whole situation disgusted me and I'm still really disgusted by it, to be honest. But, you know, we really wanted to consider that as well. You know, there's so many events out there now and and, and they're, they're huge money-making operations and sometimes people can be um, sensationalist and they, they can, you know, get people on stage because they are con- controversial and, and, and draw in a crowd. Um, but even that, you know, to think about how some people might feel, to, you know, think, consider how a minority might feel if a certain person is on stage. All of that stuff is so important. Yeah, I think, um, but you're right in, in terms of it being about the audience. So it's interesting what you're mm. saying about, you know, and thank you for saying about Marketed Live, how maybe we're a bit ahead of the curve there. Yeah. But I think it's because we do really care about the audience first and foremost, and everything is centered around that. So it feels quite natural. Whereas, uh, you know, we don't make a lot of money from from the event, so uh, it's not it's not um, you know it's not a um, a Tony Robbins event uh, or something like that. I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, but those type of events. 
Oh that, my god, you should have hot hot coals at your isn't that yeah. what he does at his events? Yeah, People run right. over hot that's coals. Right. Look, I mean I've got I I've not experienced <laughs> his events firsthand. It's not my type of thing. And you know, I'm not gonna put an event down for, for being successful for, for sure. But I think the um the, the point really I suppose is that 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 you've made, which is how how do you consider the the types of people that would find your event um, accessible if somebody feels excluded mm. because they don't feel part of it because of the the lineup that you have I, I think mm. that's that's a problem and um, uh, someone actually I had this feedback last last year because we had uh, we had Geordie Wilding from Ogilvy Roots uh, come and talk about diversity in advertising and one of the pieces of mm. feedback that we got afterwards was from somebody who said um, that that was the first time that they'd felt heard in uh in an event and that was quite a powerful yeah. thing for somebody to say um i mean you know it's not it's not my place to say whether or not that was the case or, or not but it was an, it was a nice thing for yeah. that person to, to <clears> say <throat> but but i think it is about that audience isn't it and i, I want to actually touch yeah. a little bit about the class thing because you mentioned class isn't on the um the equalities uh part but actually uh, when we were discussing initially about Marketed Live, we were talking about how do you make the event accessible? And if you have to pay £3,000 for a ticket to be talked at for seven hours, <laughs> then, then then that does exclude a number of, of people. So mm-hmm. is that really about um, having pricing options or schemes or things like things like that? Yeah, so we do it. um, So it's kind of twofold what we recommend. Uh, The first is to make some tickets available for people that wouldn't be able to afford it. So whether that's students or freelancers, um, we recommend about 10% of your tickets to be made available for for people that um, can't pay for it themselves um, and don't have an agency to pay for for it either. Um, But also... You know, one of the things that I feel really passionately about is that you don't have, you know, I've seen over the years, particularly in advertising, and I would imagine it's just as bad in other industries, you don't have like a cookie cutter approach to presentations where everyone sounds the same. Everyone has the same life view, you know, Every, everyone presents in the same way like a politician. And so that was um, another reason for us saying, you know, if a speaker... We want more working class speakers <laughs> talking at events or people with different educational backgrounds. So the the subject of payment of speakers is 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 really it's a it's a really hot topic and we don't want to get too involved in that. But what we do recommend and it's part of the charter is if someone cannot afford to get to your event, a speaker, then you have to pay. Um, so that particularly if it's international so that you don't just get rich people talking on stage uh, with their kind of limited bubble worldview. So speakers then, and whether or not you pay for, for, for speakers, what, what we're saying there is about um, that some, that you might not be able to get the right speakers or the right representation of speakers if finance is an issue. So is it is it just about paying speakers or is it, 
is it something like well for example paying their expenses if you if you can't pay speakers or or the event doesn't have the budget for speakers is it about saying well look actually i want this voice here so what is it that i'm going to do to make sure that i i get them there whether it's paying for their train fare or picking them up from the station or or, or putting them up overnight or whatever it is is it yeah is it where where do where do you sit on that Oh, yeah. So absolutely. So what we recommend is if someone can't afford to get to your venue, you pay to get them to your venue. Um, And it's more it's more uh, applicable when it's an international event. So can is quite well known for not being particularly diverse despite the wealth of diversity initiatives they Mm. they've launched in the last few years i mean having what we've also learned recently is having a diversity initiative in play does not automatically mean that you are diverse in the things that you do (laughs) um Mm. so so uh you know can needs to be events organizers that can need to be paying to bring people over paying their expenses so that they can get a, a, a wider range of people who aren't just middle-class white men with only a certain set of things that they say yeah um also but however i mean we we, we may consider getting into the payment debate next year because it is a really really hot topic because there's a huge amount of inequality in terms of what people get paid um and if a freelancer for example or someone who's self-employed is is presenting at your event um if they're if they're spending like a day on it or two days putting that presentation together they're not getting paid you know they're not working um elsewhere and so i think events organizers do really need to be mindful of the fact that a lot of people really care about the content that they produce and what they present on the stage and they spend a lot of time on it and i I believe it's only fair that you pay them for that time the the old kind of trope about well you get self-promotion you know you get to um you get the exposure exposure don't pay the bills (laughs) <laughs> I know. it's a little bit dated now and I think we're all kind of agreed that that's not really fair when you know I'm talking about the huge events organizations where that's all they do yeah yeah um, yeah 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 I mean there, obviously there is a difference between that sort of scale yeah and, and your little you know your little events but I think yeah I, isn't it more about the idea that that there's a fair exchange of services there so if if an event can't afford or doesn't have budget for for speakers how does the person get a compensation for it so if they're talking about exposure okay exposure doesn't pay the bills mm. but putting somebody on a platform that gives them the ability to get work or get a connection or, or whatever mm. if that person feels that it's fair and they don't feel exploited then that might be fair but it but it's about maybe how that person feels about it would that be reasonable yeah of course of course i mean so some people are um and increasingly women now which is fantastic are adamant they will not do an event without being paid um uh because you know historically women have you know got the 
short end of the stick is that the phrase yeah um but obviously some sometimes people have something to promote sometimes people have their own business and they need to raise the profile of it and and presenting at an event is a really handy way of doing that if you've got um, a book out people will speak for free i know that i've worked that out <laughs> well i'll tell you what's a better scenario as an author if um the events organizer agrees to buy the book, buy the book yeah. for everyone that attends yeah 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 um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's an, there's another point in the charter where we do actually talk about diversity of audience. Yeah. So um, the events organiser needs to show that they have tried to attract a wide, diverse kind of audience, marketing in, in places that they wouldn't normally promote the event, you know, partnering with different bodies and organisations to ensure that, again, the audience isn't just a sea of white male faces. Yeah. Um, that might be a I, challenge for the White Supremacy Forum. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they haven't approached me to be dice-certified no, I don't think they're going to get it. <laughs> I, I would also I doubt they'd be bothered about being called out on Twitter either. <laughs> no, no, you're, 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 yeah. you're, you're probably right. Um, here's, a, here's a question that's coming into my head really about about you mentioned partnerships and stuff like that. Mm. Um, what about sponsors and businesses that say an event works with? I mean, how do you how I mean, do you have any intention of looking at at, at those? I mean, in one sense, it's it's sort of none of your goddamn business because uh, <laughs> it's commercial, isn't it? But I mean, yeah. does that I, I don't know. Do sponsors maybe put people off? Well, I t um, I sponsors have actually been the biggest problem that we've we've encountered over the last six months because uh, when an organisation sponsors an event, they have a huge amount of control, um, and the event organiser is kind of you know beholden to the person that the sponsor chooses chooses to put on stage or if the sponsor has a panel um uh, okay often the events organizer won't have a say and so this is where we've 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 come across a lot of issues is where there's been a a, a, a bigger events organizer like um like advertising week mm -hmm. who we um who we die certified as, as soon as we launched but they had a couple of panels that were being curated by separate companies like ad tech companies or agencies um and and they didn't have direct control over who was sitting on those panels all they could do was provide recommendations um there was one panel oh my gosh there was one panel that was um kind of paid for and organized by like a research company i forget the name but that's kind of irrelevant but not only was the panel um all male um five men i believe uh, all white <laughs> two of them were called barry <laughs> <laughs> and it was the least diverse <laughs> i'd ever no encountered no offense to barry's out there no offense to barry's um it just obviously wasn't particularly inclusive how does, an, um, how does an event organizer deal with that then is it is it really a case of sort of saying um these are our values let's you know please stick to them or is it really yeah. more that event organizers really have to think now about what a potential sponsor's own values are because at the end of the day with events it's it's money isn't it people need yeah, sponsors yeah. and just speaking about marketed live it's it's not always that easy to go and find businesses that have got the budget now for uh, paid sponsorships paid partnerships so you almost don't want to I'm not saying you just accept anybody, but um, it's it's quite a sensitive conversation, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is what we've seen is that 
events organisers and curators are having to have far more difficult conversations now than they've ever had in loads of different ways. Um, we actually, I mean, we are also quite sensitive, as punchy as we can be at DICE. Um, in this financial climate, no one would ever judge uh, an events organiser for, you know, getting the sponsorship, any sponsorship they can. I mean, everyone needs to keep yeah. their jobs. And um, we actually also, so we launched DICE in something like January, February, and then lockdown happened almost immediately, um, which obviously um, was a huge blow to the events industry. And, 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 and every single events organisation had to pivot very quickly and kind of move to digital hold wholeheartedly um and we gave everyone a bit of a break mm -hmm. <laughs> for about two months we sort of sat back because we didn't want to stress in anyone out any yeah. more than they were already stressed so over that period of two months actually to be totally honest we see we, we we saw lots of whiteness and lots of maleness as um events organizers pivoted and and worked out how to do virtual events um and then we kind of came back with a with a bang um, after a few months whilst, every, you know, when everyone had found their feet. Um, you'd kind of hope that, you know, I guess, you know, as we go, as we move into next year and everything's normalizes to an extent, we would want conference organizers, curators to have more difficult conversations. Yeah. And, and, and as you are, and, and as some of the, you know, the other, um, uh, curators that have been die certified, they said they've enjoyed the process, getting to know their speakers better, you know, being more curious, finding people that they wouldn't have normally looked for. Um, I think, Joe, I think that's, I think that's right. That's certainly how I've yeah. seen it anyway. I mean, like I said, we've sort of done that from, from day one, but it does, it does mm. sometimes surprise me when I have conversations with people looking for events that that maybe don't put as much emphasis on it and <clears throat> yeah. um there are there are people out there who have talent and can speak and may need a bit of encouragement or maybe need need um confidence in doing that so you know if you were to pick someone from a younger demographic who may not have as much life experience and may not have uh, the confidence or as much confidence to be on on stage you know how do you get a younger voice on there how do you get um, an older voice on there who feels like they've had an experience where their confidence has been whittled away for whatever mm. for whatever reason so I, I think it's interesting well I mean what does what what does the next sort of step look like then for for dice what are you what are you aiming to do next so we have a really big ambition, which is to uh, rid the world of manuals by 2021. Um, let's see if that happens. We're being quite active. We're about to launch a volunteer scheme. Um, obviously, we started within the marketing space because all the co-founders of DICE work in marketing and advertising. Um, but I've had so many messages from people in finance, people who work in government people yeah. who work in tech who've also noticed this same problem um so what we're planning to do is launch a volunteer scheme so that you know hundreds if possible of people can feel empowered to certify on our behalf and educate people on our behalf and that's when we'll start to get um mass you know that's when we'll start to get real traction and then over the next six or so months i mean i feel very passionately about what you were just talking about in terms of confidence um I've organised many events myself and I know that women say yes less 
they say they particularly say yes to panels less they also pull out of events um more last minute and it's it's all about confidence and it's Mm -hmm. all about nerves and 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 worrying so much that you won't be perfect um and so what we're planning is a series of just kind of training and and workshops to help people who think they've got it in them to find their voice and to build up their confidence in a safe space and to put themselves forward for events more um because because at the moment the charter is quite shallow uh we're we're dealing with the output we're dealing with the manifestation of you know inequality um but i'd really love us to to go a little bit deeper and and start to tackle some of the issues um that are in the background so it's quite a lot it's quite it's quite a lot yeah i I mean look i mean i think it's a i think it's a great thing that that you're doing um obviously i'm bought into it anyway yeah. you're um, in you're I'm part in. of the family I'm all, I'm, I'm all in you know we've, we've, we've got the recommendation for for marketed live we're going to work towards it for for marketed live and and really Amazing. make it a, a focus but like i said at the beginning you know through the process we've we've actually learned quite a lot and learned to to challenge things and yeah i think you're right having difficult conversations is a challenge but they're important conversations to have yeah, and yeah. and i guess with some of the things that have gone on over the last few months and are still happening um even as we do this chat you know um it's important to to have these difficult conversations and and maybe now is the time when people maybe get a bit of confidence to go yes i am going to you know sort of stick my neck out and and um, put the not put the event on the line but but say look this is what we're doing whether you like it or or not if you're not into it then you know don't come (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes I mean yeah oh my god ideal scenario and also the thing is you know there's like I said before there's so many diversity initiatives that I've seen particularly in the marketing world that are utter lip service pledges open letters you know big grandiose gestures um but yeah. Really, we need to focus on action. And that's what DICE is is only focused on is action. And what everybody needs to realise is that, I don't want to be too cheesy, but no change was easy. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're committed, if you're committed to it, if you actually want to see progress, then you have to understand that it's going to be slightly problematic. It's going to be quite difficult. If you don't want to see it, and I've had lots of feedback from um, people who who have acted as a barrier and who don't like what DICE is doing, generally what I say is if that you don't want to help with progress, then please just move. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to to say, I sort of echo that, that, that really, I mean, mm. I've had my fair share of, uh, of of comments about things that I've I've done, and uh, yeah, I'd have to say I've just got to the point where I say, well, that's fine. It's not for you, then, is it? <laughs> you know, get out of the way. You know, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I applaud what you're doing. I think it is important, and I think that, that things will evolve, won't they? And it, it is a yeah. it is a gradual process, but it does take uh, sort of pioneers to kind of. Um, put these things out there and, and see where we are so thank you for for doing it and uh, getting people involved and I wish you uh, loads of luck in, in, in making this a, a, a bigger thing and mm. and I think it's really important actually that you talked about it you know this is not a marketing thing these are events yeah. uh, uh, across all all industries um, so yeah so thank you for that and, and good luck thank you and, and um, I applaud what you're doing as well I mean you're, do- you're doing an amazing job 
I, I, I mean, I said this to you the first time we had a conversation all those months ago. You're doing a brilliant job. And it's inspiring, I think, you know, for everyone else to kind of look to the best practice that you've provided so that people can see that it's possible. Well, thank you. I mean, we're, def- we're definitely not perfect. Um, <laughs> we have got lots of work to do, but yeah, it's, yeah. About, it's about the principle, I suppose. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today, Amy. I really appreciate it. And uh, like I say, good luck with everything. And good luck with the book as well. Where can, where can people get hold of you, remind people about the Dice address? How do they buy your book? Okie dokie. So um, we're at getdice.co.uk there's all it's an educational tool as well as a charter so there's so much information on there and and also if anyone listening wants to submit their event to get dice certified you can do it on there there's a form um i'm on twitter at, at kino81 if anyone listening wants to fight with me <laughs> or, or just talk to me that's just cool chat constructively. um or chat can start to, I mean, I'm desensitised to <laughs> um, trolling now, unfortunately. Um, uh, and both of my books are available on, well, I'll say Waterstones. Um, the Little Girl Who Gave Zero Fucks is there. And, and House of Weeds, which is an illustrated poetry collection, um, is also on Waterstones. Uh, so, yeah. Or any good bookstore, I think. Any good bookstore. Brilliant. Mm. Thanks ever so much, Amy. Thank you. Well, that's it for another episode. My thanks to Amy and the whole DICE initiative for making event organisers really think about the content that they put on stage. And really, I suppose, helping us all understand that our own echo chamber is just not a good place to loiter in. I would love to know your views on this. If you've got a view, why don't you tweet us at Marketed Live? In the meantime, don't forget to check out details of all our events and activities online at marketed.live. And if you fancy it, please tell your friends about what we're up to, what we're about. And uh, I do hope to see you on the next episode. Until then, thanks very much for listening. Our producer is Charlie Thacker. This is a Like My Media production for Marketed Live. You've been listening to the Marketed Not Live podcast. Want to go even deeper? then book your ticket to one of our events where you'll learn more about specific ideas, strategies and practical ways to improve the results you get from your marketing activity. Visit marketed.live for what's on and how to book.